calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons we found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbian shouts. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. Hey all, we wanted to tell you about Dive-In Deck. These are cards to ignite and inspire deeper dialogue. Dive-In Deck is a unique deck of trendy cards designed to inspire connection, conversation, and community on our planet. Each card features an igniting question or statement, and it's paired with inspiring and vibrant visual art, serving as an access point for inquiry and exploration. They're also a lesbian-owned business, which we love. We love to support our community. And what is more lesbian than talking about your feelings? Am I right? Processing. Processing. And this deck's going to help you do it. It's the perfect gift to float through the holiday season with presents and grace. You could give them as a stocking stuffer. They're perfect and perfectly affordable for anyone on your list. Or for holiday parties, you can bring authentic conversation to the festivities or help that coworker or neighbor get off their phones and get into the holiday cheer. They're also perfect for fireside conversations, bring your loved ones together for heart-to-heart connection, the true meaning of the season. If you're looking forward to when we can travel again, they're great on a family road trip or on a plane. It's just a game that you can play to make the journey merry and bright. And if you're less of an extrovert, unlike us, they're also great for self-care and reflection. Sneak away for some alone time for some introspection, meditation, or journaling about your own comfort and joy around the holidays. Or if you haven't yet picked out a gift for that secret Santa or white elephant that you have coming up, these are great last-minute gift ideas from your mailman to your homeroom teacher to your mother-in-law. These are so great for anyone on your list. And make sure you use our code LESDIVEIN for 25% off your entire order at DiveInDeck.com now through December 20th. Once again, our code is LESDIVEIN, L-E-Z, and you'll get 25% off your entire order. So make sure you dive in, deck the halls this holiday season. I see what you did there. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And this week... We want to talk about Generation Q, 
Season two is officially in production, and there are some really exciting names attached to it as well. Rosie O'Donnell, the one, the only, is going to be in Generation Season Q, thank God. Donald Faison and Griffin Dunn. We're so excited to see what the new cast has in store for this beautiful show and what season two has in store. Yes, which is good because we need more seasons of shows. So our other Les Universe news is more disappointing, which is we are finally bidding farewell to the one, the only, one day at a time has officially been canceled for good. Um, And it is super, super sad, but Uh, As I'm sure everyone has seen, there has just been such an outpouring of love and appreciation from the cast and the creators about, you know, the show itself, the episodes that they did get to make and the stories that they got to tell, as well as giving us some little teasers of of where they would have gone with it if they'd been able to. So a bittersweet goodbye for sure. We will miss you one day at a time. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome to our 56th installment of Should've Been Gay. Oh, 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 it was fun, it was great, but it should've been a little more gay. And in this week's episode, I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and I'm a whole lot of woman. <laughs> Thank you for that. I wrote that for Lee. <laughs> And I was just waiting for her to say it. So you really nailed it. I really think you should have gone with like Foxy Foster. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) You're a jive turkey. And and today we are clearly not Foxy Cleopatra, but we are joined (laughs) by Jacob Thomas, who is crying laughing right now. So we're so happy to have them here. Jacob is one of Australia's most prominent leaders in sexual orientation and gender identity. They advise public and private organizations, the United Nations, and the Commonwealth on issues related to the LGBTQ plus community, diversity and inclusion policies, human rights, and LGBT-friendly work environments. Jacob, I, you do so much. You're incredible. Here's here's what I love so much is we just cut. Jacob sent us this insane bio of like everything that they actually do. And we cut so much stuff out. And it still just sounds like we transitioned to like the possible side effects section of a commercial. <laughs> possible side effects include LGBTQ community, diversity and inclusion policies, human rights and LGBTQ friendly work environment. <laughs> So anyways, Jacob, hey, welcome for, thanks for being here. This is great. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) We had the best time with Jacob before we even started rolling. So I know this is going to be an incredible episode. We've already lost Jacob, folks. They're gone. They're down for the count. It's fine. I'm here. I'm here. It's fine. We're ready. (laughs) We're ready to go. We are so ready. So Jacob, as you can tell from your bio, you do so many things. Why don't you talk a little bit more about what you do? Uh, Great. Would love to. Um, So in short, and thank you so much for just getting to the point, I do a lot of queer shit, which is very exciting. So there we go. (laughs) It is exciting. (laughs) It's very exciting. Yeah. So I mean, like I've been in the domestic and international human rights space now for I think like nine years. I deal with really, really hard topics uh, pretty much every single day. I think it's like the reason why we have our activists, right, is because, you know, people deserve, especially those of us who are queer people, we deserve like really, really good lives. Um, We deserve unconditional love and we deserve, you know, all the really, really wonderful things that 
the human experience is meant to have for us, but there are heaps of barriers and heaps of issues that come up. And so, yes, we can have pride and yes, we can have joy and we can also still fight for those who are battling for that every single day who deserve it, just like us. So that's what I get to do every single day of my life and um, it is incredibly hard and incredibly worth it. I love it. You are such an amazing person. I'm so excited for this. Oh my god! But you also get to do like some some pretty cool shit. Do we want to do we want to do this now, Ellie, or were you like oh, saving yeah, it? Oh for- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's talk about it. So when when Lisa, so Lisa is my co-host for Sweet Bitter, and she connected us with Jacob, which makes me very happy. And so then I started to research. Oh, who is this amazing person? They're friends with Lisa. They must be great. But then I saw this photo of you right next to laughing with even Megan Duchess of Sussex so can you tell <laughs> us more about your relationship with Megan <laughs> sure um <laughs> this always comes up um so of course it does <laughs> you're like oh this again oh fine <laughs> like I always text Megan about this yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone's asking Megan, too. They're like, so, how do you know Jacob? (laughs) How do you know this raging queer asexual? What is this? How do you know this person? That's exactly it. So I'd met her and Megan in, like, early 2018. I was part of a bunch of um, young LGBTQ activists based in the Commonwealth, and we were at the Commonwealth Youth Forum, which I was program director for. So it's like 500 young people from 53 countries at the time, all converging in London to talk about like youth rights for the next two years and what we want for like 1.2 billion people. And then, um, you know, one of the days it was like, oh, Harry and Megan are coming. They're not married yet, but like, oh, how exciting. Let's like hang out and like talk about stuff. So there were a bunch of different groups talking about like, you know, girls access to education, uh, water access, sanitation, hygiene, um, climate change. And I was there to talk about queer stuff. Anyway, so we were there, chat, chat, chat. And um, with these phenomenal activists, we actually got Harry and Meghan to commit to supporting LGBTQ rights across the Commonwealth, which is really, really cool. Yes. So and that's like the first like active recording, I think, ever of them act- actively supporting it, which was brilliant. So then smash cut to a couple of months later, I'm back in London. Um, my carbon footprint is garbage. Here's me being like, climate change is a disaster we need to do something about. P.S. I'm going to take a 24-hour flight. I hope that's cool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so we're there. I've been in London for like a week and a half by this point with other Commonwealth youth leaders, again, resetting the agenda for the Commonwealth's youth. And then Harry and Megan are rocking up to like, announce and open Commonwealth Youth Week and I was there with my friend um my friend Shabani and Nafula and I was like okay cool Megan's gonna come over this is totally fine this is cool don't worry about it it's fine it's fine it's fine and she walks over and she just extends the hand they're married by this point she extends the hand she's like hello old friend how are you and I was just like <laughs> I'm so bad with rural protocol I cannot tell you like I've met the queen and I, I said the f-bomb I, <laughs> in Buckingham Palace it's a whole thing anyway but yeah, Megan comes over and she extends his ha- hand and she's just like, hello, old friend. And immediately out of my mouth, it's like, hey, fave gal, pal. And <laughs> which is not meant to say Dead. to the royals. And I was just like, I mean, your royal highness, it's so good to see you. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm sure she didn't care. I know she loved it. Like I, that's what the, yeah, that's what the yeah, laugh yeah. is. Just the really, really cool part about it is uh, that jacket that I'm wearing, I made. And that is the first time that any member of the royal family is seen photographed next to the trans pride colors, which is also really nifty. So we love that. Amazing. 
Um, I feel like I desperately want us to just like scratch it, go back, and like re-record your bio to be like Jacob Thomas, besties with Meghan Markle, and possibly banned from Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am. You may know them from swearing in front of Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> You may know them as a trash queer. Mm. <laughs> a trash queer fighting for all of our rights. There <laughs> go. I'm just an international oh raccoon well, for human rights. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. <laughs> a raccoon. F-bombs are allowed and welcome here, so don't worry about that. Um, and they will probably come up a couple times. A million, because, yes. look, we are going to be talking about gold member today not just austin powers austin powers gold member specifically um and whoo folks <laughs> i gotta tell you if you haven't watched this movie in a while like i hadn't um it is something we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna get have into some it thoughts. we're yes. gonna have some thoughts about it so sh- are we ready ellie should we dive in oh i'm so ready let's do this okay i'm gonna start as as we know i like I just love to do with our IMDb synopsis for the film, the 2002 classic Gold Member. So here's the IMDb synopsis. Upon learning that his father has been kidnapped, Austin Powers must travel to 1975 and defeat the aptly named villain Gold Member, who is working with Dr. Evil. Actually, I think one of our best IMDb synopses we've yeah, ever it- had because it actually tells the plot of the film. It's not so bad, right? We've had worse. <laughs> yeah, we have had much worse. <laughs> um, but we can improve on it. Of course. To make it gayer. So who wants to start? Do you have, uh, Jacob, do you have a gay synopsis for this movie for us? Oh, I oh, I didn't think of a synopsis. Um, uh, well, I mean, no. <laughs> no. All right, <laughs> we'll start and then we'll go to Jacob. All right. Okay. So I'll start with mine. So my gay synopsis for... Gold member is this man is far too obsessed with golden phalluses to be straight. Truth. That's correct. Yeah. That's it. Just a statement that really rings true, I believe. You're are you still thinking, Jacob? Should I go? You you go. You go late. Yeah. Okay. Um, I went in a slightly different direction for mine this this time. So my gay synopsis is is this movie straight? Because it sure made me gayer. <laughs> Honestly, true. Every <laughs> single, we'll get to it. I have it in the Q&A. <laughs> Every single Austin Powers girl, like, turned me. Um, yes, but uh, so do all the men in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but They're like, not winning over uh, anyone to the hetero no, space, okay? I think, let's be honest. Let's see. The, the hottest... The hottest guy in the whole movie is number two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> number two gets me every time. <laughs> but also Scotty. Oh, yeah. I mean. I'm like, ah, oh, a, yeah, dam- a damaged son. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> even after. Oh, I mean, even you gotta after. Love, you got to love Seth Green. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a dirty comb over. I mean, like, oh. Mm, very good for it. <laughs> Give me a dirty yeah, film over any Yeah, that's just really day. my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, if you... Sexy. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm like, Lee, if you had less hair, it would be yours. If your hair was completely thinning, right? that's what he looks like. 
I should do, I should get like they make, you know, the little bald caps that you used to do those. I should do that for Halloween. Yes. Kelsey would hate me. Yes. Oh my God, I would die. Uh, okay, now we're ready, Jacob. You can't put it off any longer. You gotta you gotta hit us with a gay synopsis. All right, all right. So my uh, gay synopsis of Austin Powers Gold Member is a campy Bond slash Mission Impossible knockoff that somehow is better and worse at the same time. Yes. 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 This is yes. true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> I really appreciate how polite both of you are. Thank you so much. I feel very welcomed. Thank you so much. We just want to be affirming. That's all. Thank you. Um, oh, my God. Just like my gender. Stop it. Oh, I'm so affirmed. Mm. So tell us a little bit, because you mentioned you haven't seen the movie in a while. I hadn't either. So what is your experience with Goldmember, the film? All right. So the first time I watched it um, was at a drive-in um, in country Victoria in a in my hometown called Shepparton. Um, so shout out to any Shep presentable people here. <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> um, they, they have gay pride now. It's very exciting. I remember just watching this. And, like for context, I was 12, you know, like 2002, I'm 12 years old. I'm 30 now. Uh, but it's like <laughs> my ex-housemate and I would talk about this all the time. It was like Austin Powers for like a young, like, AMAB was just like, this is the heart of comedy. This is fantastic. How glorious, how ridiculous, how facetious. Ah, so woke, just so aware. Oh my God, farts. How has nobody ever thought of this before? (laughs) How has nobody ever thought of farts before? And obviously, (laughs) like, like Shrek came out in between, like, the other Austin Powers and this one. And I was just like, Mike Myers is a genius. Ah, legend. (laughs) Like, that's clearly the peak of comedy. That's what I should strive for. Give the man a Nobel Prize already. (laughs) Yes. So what what were your thoughts in your second rewatching? It's awful. (laughs) It's so bad. So it's like... (laughs) I, I I, I don't think it does it justice to say, wow, this is super problematic because welcome to the world but i think it's just my my eyes are wide open now so yes. there we go it's like the first half of the movie i was like oh my god this is so campy this is so ridiculous like this is why i'm queer like because my family took me to see queer shit and they were just like it's really funny mm-hmm. and about masculinity that'll straighten them out anyway lol 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 <laughs> fools yeah austin powers is definitely like gay masculine i don't know he's like so yeah yeah i have th- i have thoughts of, on austin himself yeah i mean like he's just a little soft boy as far as i'm concerned yes okay, yeah <laughs> but then it was like but then this, halfway through the movie you're just like oh my god this is bad like this is a ba- like it's a bad movie it's not good at no point do you watch it's this and just go good. this is the best storyline ah oh, like you know 90 percent on rotten tomatoes like we've we've nailed it <laughs> I always think about, I always, always think about what the hell would movies have been like if in 2002 Rotten Tomatoes existed? Because, like, think about it. Like, everyone, like, three people would have watched this movie and been, like, 20%. And then then no one else would watch it. But because it was 2002, we're all like, oh, somebody somebody said this was a good movie. Let's go watch it. And you have no, like, you have no check. There's no, like, 
hey, let me uh, let me look online and see how it is. Like, there's nothing. But it's also like it's it's every movie. This is such an emblematic movie to me where it's like because I also hadn't watched it probably since like, you know, it, the year it came out at some point. I don't I didn't go to see it in theaters. I know. So I must have seen it, you know, once it once it came out, watched it somewhere. And you this is the type of movie that I watch now and you watch it and you're just like, ah, yes, the, you know, like that, that kind of, it straddles because it's not just the early 2000s. It's like the late 90s into the early aughts that just like, these were the movies. This was every movie. I'm like, I could name 15 movies that are this where you're like the plot is meh the jokes are the the acting is like why and it's just there's like nothing redeeming it it's you go back and you're like oh my god i watched this and i laughed didn't i i laughed (laughs) why did i laugh oh it's i'm gonna say we'll, we'll save you all the trouble um you don't don't go back and rewatch it, folks. You don't um, have to. Just yeah, don't have to. listen to us talk about it. It will be better this way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I also, in the early aughts, I feel like was a huge Austin Powers fan. Like, it was like the movie that my family watched together. Like, oh, it wow. was like our movie series. So then I watch it again and I'm like, what's wrong with my family? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are we okay? (laughs) (laughs) Particularly, I would constantly, and actually, I need to go back and watch it again now. I would constantly watch The Spy Who Shagged Me. Mm -hmm. And I need to watch it again because I don't, I'm sure it was still super problematic. However, I would watch that movie a million times over just for Felicity Shagwell. Yeah, I mean... That's it. It's funny because in hindsight, what the things that I remember from the movie are more because the Spy Who Shagged Me is also the one that has the whole like the shoop, 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 right? It yeah, has yeah, that, yeah. that scene. Yeah. Um. So that's like I have very vivid memories of like wa- watching the. I know I've seen Spy Who Shagged Me probably also the most times. I think. Um. And in hindsight, the reason for that, Heather Graham is the reason. One hundred percent Heather Graham. <laughs> I mean, there's no question. There's zero. But, like, also has, like, a Madonna soundtrack. Like, it was, like, it yeah. was absolutely, like, a Bond film. Like, Spy Who yeah. Shagged Me was full Bond homage. It was so interesting to watch. And, like, I rewatched a couple of clips in preparation for Goldmember. Mates, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> it's so bad. No. My childhood. <laughs> but it's almost redeemable. Because it's so bad. Like, it's, it's, it's almost like cult classic terrible that you want to yes. watch. Like, you could watch it with a hangover and you'd be fine. You know, that would be it. You know, you know what it reminded me of? This reminded me a lot of when we just did um, Spice World, Ellie. That it's like, it's a similar thing where you go back and watch <laughs> yes. it and you're like, everything <laughs> about this. Yes, everything <laughs> about it is terrible. There's no real it's so bad. line it's that you so can good. follow. Okay, like, uh, no, yet, no, wrong. <laughs> That it's not bad. <laughs> Jacob, please talk talk, talk to us about I'm it. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but it is the <laughs> best fucking movie ever. 
It is <laughs> magical. It was my gateway to homosexuality. Like uh, you're talking to a kid who, when they were 10 years old, would stand up in front of their primary school and lip sync to the Spice Girls. <laughs> Look, I the Spice Girls are completely separate from the movie. The Spice Girls are amazing. I will still lip sync to the Spice Girls, but... The movie has no plot and in many ways is terrible and has no budget, but it's still delightful to watch. That's it's, the thing. Yes. But I, I would watch like it over it and over. It felt very similar. Over. It felt similar. I think what It's not as the, problematic though, I oh don't God, think. No. no. It's it's I'm like, definitely Should I not. watch it again? It's definitely not, right? <laughs> it's 100% not as problematic. I think what felt familiar is the sense of like I remember this tinged only via nostalgia. And watching it again now, you're just like, oh, huh, hmm, interesting. <laughs> it's yes. a whole different experience. That's it's what felt different. familiar to me. Let's dig in a little. Let's do this. So, gold member, if we're going to start with what we think should have been gay in this movie, do you want to kick us off, Jacob? I mean, like, it's already pretty gay. Like, I just, like... <laughs> Can we just talk about the opening cast for five seconds? Like, Yes. Okay, because I, like, I have a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and Gender Studies and I went in on this queer critique. I went <laughs> right in. <laughs> I was just like, how can it not be gay? Look at it. <laughs> yes. Okay, but, like, opening, like, ah, oh, it just, it, it, like, they're doing a movie within a movie. Like, that's gay. I don't care how you want to analyse it. It's gay. Movie within a movie. Spice World also does movie within a movie. Yep. Yep. Yay. Yep. It's it's what it is. It's just it's queer theory, it's meta, it's it's tumblerific, it's just what it is. I don't make the rules, it just is what it is. <laughs> um, is that especially true when your movie in a movie stars Tom Cruise in like a Jane Lynch wig? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to create a movie that is so toxic. I <laughs> 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 just so dead. But like, but it has Tom Cruise, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> We're gooped, literally. <laughs> Unfortunately, it has Kevin Spacey in it, but of course um, he plays Dr. Evil. So if that is not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. That is a hard foreshadowing. We should have yes. seen it. We should have known. If anyone has seen Goldmember, they would have known. They would have they known. Actually, That's yeah. exactly it. <laughs> but then Danny DeVito is in it. Like, ah, oh, shut the back front and side doors. And he plays Mini-Me and I fucking froth on it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And I, I cackled when I rewatched it. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Because I was like, Danny DeVito. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> but then it's like, it has Steven Spielberg in it. And then it just goes through musical numbers. It's, look, the opening sequence where they're just like, oh, star-studded names, blah, blah, oh, choreographed flash mob, and you're like, so the gays come in hard and fast in this movie is what yes. we're saying. <laughs> I feel like I walked into a bathhouse and just got immediately consensually gangbanged. It was magical. <laughs> I loved it. By Britney Spears? Okay, is Britney Spears singing boys? Like, yes. of all the, like, it is beautiful, softcore S&M. It is like all, like, those guys made me gay. So gay. I was very, very aware <laughs> watching that movie. I was like, you cannot, you cannot show that you're excited. <laughs> this little snippet in this opening scene, you have to be, you have to be so disinterested one in Britney, but also <laughs> in those very, very oddly attractive, like, butterface dudes. You need to just... <laughs> well, see, I feel like that's what proves that These I'm a... oiled up men. 
gyrating in the background here. And like in like low, like the low cut leather pants. <laughs> yes, like literally at a leather bar. Like, what do you want? Like, wh- where are the chaps? Yes. Where are the chaps? Where- just wear a harness. It just would have fixed it. Done. Yes. <laughs> It's essentially gay pride in like a a one minute musical recap, right? Exactly. Do not act like that Britney Spears like performance would not be on a pride float. I I would pay money to not get into that venue. You know, I would absolutely line up for days and then be told row the capacity and I'd be fine with it. I'm okay with this. Because you'd meet a million gay people in the line. (laughs) Because we're the only ones there. (laughs) It's, it's just the three of us. That's it. We're the only ones who don't yes. get in. We're just like, hey, do you want to do a podcast instead? Great. <laughs> Done. Yeah, let's record a podcast. Britney Spears should have been gay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is? I, we, don't, we don't need to go there. Madonna? What? Okay, we're done. <laughs> Wasn't Goldmember like filmed around the time of the infamous like Madonna and Britney kiss? Oh, that's a good question. Let's find out. Love that. <laughs> this okay, is why. their kiss was in 2003, the 2003 VMAs. So you're right. I mean, you're all welcome. Like, you know, I just, um, I have like this fifth sense of things. It's called memory. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> it's called memory. I will say when I was watching this movie, I had so many notes, honestly, within the first maybe five minutes. And then I, then like I lost and then, like, it. nothing. <laughs> Yeah, but so I feel like we could honestly talk about the beginning for a very long time because there was a lot of gay content packed in to like the first 10 minutes of this film. So I'm I'm about it. I mean, can we just talk about like all of the musical references just really quickly? Because I noted every single one because... Yes. Yes, please. Because I'm queer. <laughs> just, so it is, it starts with singing in the rain. Yep. Gay. Swan Lake. Very gay. Also, is that where he's wearing a tiara? The tiara and the very badly put together tutu. Yes. yes. Also, like the like all the color. It's so interesting. Like Austin Powers' color scheme throughout this particular movie is either like very trans or very bi. Loved it so much. The car is definitely bi, right? The time traveling car. Bicon, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bicon star. That absolutely. It then has West Side Story in it. <laughs> Like, okay, so pick two really, really gay musicals. They're in. Done. <laughs> then also just, like, the gayest ballet. Like, Swan Lake. Like, come on. Like, they could have put the Nutcracker in and they were just like, no, we're allies. I mean, the, the Nutcracker also is gay. <laughs> yeah. If we needed more than Black Swan to convince us that Swan Lake is gay, I mean, I, I just, I don't know what else we would need. That There it is. Actually, it. yeah. It just is what it is, you know? Done. <laughs> Black Swan, actually, the director was like, you know, or the writer was like, oh, I saw a gold member that one time and I, it just sparked something in me. <laughs> and I was like, do you know who would be perfect for this? Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman. Perfect. Yes. I watched Mike Myers do yes. five seconds of very poor imitation Swan Lake. And I was and like, I'm so- ready. This is it. And I was all sober. I was someone should do this, but with no men. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, an accurate response to that. Yes, correct. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, so good. <sighs> oh, God. But it's just like, how do you make that gayer? It's just like, I mean, where was Hairspray? Like, where was... <laughs> wicked. Where was Wicked? But Wicked... Yeah. Ever- Wait, when did Wicked even go on Broadway? Not for a while, I don't think. <laughs> 
2003. What a, what a renaissance for the gays. We need gold someone to write their thesis on how Goldmember shifted the face of American media for us. Thank you. Please, uh, yeah. let's hang out pod at gmail.com. We'll be waiting. This was the turning point. <laughs> Goldmember was oh, my God. gateway to equality. Yes. Goldmember made gay marriage happen. <laughs> they, they, they took it to SCOTUS and they were just like, babes. We already did the movie. <laughs> Look at this, yeah. Just just pass the law. Just do it. It's fine. They were Obama like, was there and just being like, do you know what? <laughs> you make a good point. Gay marriage. It's what, yeah, <laughs> all the same letters are basically there. It's fine. Gold member, gay marriage. Yeah, yeah. So close. So close. So close. Yeah. It's what it is. So <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Loves it. (laughs) So what else happens after our musical sequence that like, or is there more from the opening musical sequence that's gay? I think like, well, I mean, like then we immediately go to like the Hollywood sign, which for some reason, that's where Dr. Evil's secret lair is. Like, why? Why? I'm very confused. Because they started a talent agency, of course. Of course. <laughs> In the Hollywood side. What do you mean, why? Which, for some reason, is now hollow. Which, I mean, yes. if that's not a metaphor for a lot of cis gay white men, I don't know what is. And that's fine. <laughs> so there we go. Hollow, shallow, six of one, you do you. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not coming for the gatriarchy. It's just systemic. I can't help it. You know, I just, yep. it's, not, it's not my responsibility to not point out flaws. It's what it is. We understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do meet two of our gayest characters in the movie, though, who I'm going to say are number two and uh, Frau, Frau Far- Farbisna. Farbisna. Yeah. We so, do meet both of them in, that, in the, that opening scene. I love Frau so much. <laughs> so much. Also, Frau is canon lesbian. Yes. Look, here's my, my, okay, I know we're going to talk about all the campy nonsense, uh, as a lot of our should have been gay. My sh- my main, like, actual should have been gay for this movie is you already made her gay? Where is it? Where? Why? Give it, give it to us. She literally had a girlfriend in The Spy Who Shagged Me, Una Brow, and they took her away and then had Frau make out with Dr. Evil in the freaking jail scene. And I know like it was to give him the key and everything, but I'm like, where is Una? See, here's my thinking of that. I don't think she's gay. I think she's like, like a, 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 like a pan switch. Like that is what I think Frau is. It's just like, like she's there for pleasure. She is very much there for like power and dominance, but is very happy to be like subservient and play the role. I mean, like she's in charge. It's not Dr. Evil. She's in charge. Of course she is. 
Of course she is. But she's just like, oh, I'm tired tonight. You have a go. <laughs> and, that's, and that's just kind of it. Like, Frau is very much like, yep, I'm in charge of the operations. This is how it's going to work. As is number two. But, like, I mean, like, if he's not Frau's slave, like, I don't know what is happening there. Like... <laughs> So you see Frau and number two together? I see them as so like uh, emotionally intimate, but a, but like an asexual relationship, mm. like an aromantic, asexual, deep emotional relationship with each other. Um, yeah, because I'm pretty sure number two is gay. Better be. Like, I'm just, I'm just, well, that, I, that's a hill I would die on for no particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> no reason at all. Just going to say it. Just going to say it. Just got a vibe. Yeah. Well, my reason for number two being gay is that... There is no way that number two would continue to do all the shit he does for Dr. Evil if he was not in love with this man. Like, he, first of all, when you go to the um, the boarding school scenario. Oh, God, yes. Like, Dr. Evil's like, I'm number one. <laughs> and he's like, where did he come from? He's just been clearly stalking Dr. Evil. And he's like, I'm number two. I'm here for you. Always. And you're like, what? Where did you come from? And then they're just inseparable since then. So this is like a child. This is like a first love, I think, for for number two. This is like for like Mr. Burns and Smithers. Yes. Yes. But it's like, but it's such a it's such a trauma bond gay of just so like, I need the chaotic evil in my life because that's what I'm used to. Therefore, I'm going to go for like chaotic attachments. Yes. So you think chaotic attachment, Dr. Evil, but number two and Frau don't have a chaotic attachment or they also do? Of course, it's all chaotic attachment. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, True. I have a lesbian rabbit hole for us real quick, just before we move on from uh, Frau for Business. So uh, my lesbian rabbit hole is that uh, our Frau is played by Mindy Sterling. And I think we should call out that she also helped get Tello their first Emmy nomination in Sex and Execs. So just want to throw that out there because, uh, you know, we love Tello. So there you go. And we love Mindy. A queer icon. There, there, There's just, you know, the hits keep coming. They keep coming. What about the other people in this scene? So we have, right, so we have number two, we have Frau. We have Mini-Me. <laughs> so we want to talk about Mini-Me. How do, what, what do we think Mini-Me's um, identities are? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, Minimi's definitely into women because he's very um, hypersexual with Foxy Cleopatra. Yes. I don't know if we think he's he's bi or if, you know, he just he's completely straight because he also has this moment where he shows off to Austin Powers dad and he's like, look at it. It's like, what is it? It's like, it's like a kickstand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This do movie. you think that's like a, that's like a straight thing? Do, do straight guys do that? Like, they're just like, oh, look at my, look at mine. I don't know why I can't say the word. I'm like, look at it. I, I literally won't even say it. <laughs> why? It's so weird. It's so weird how I don't want to talk about like, what, look at you know, my, yeah, happening. look at my bits. Is that what Australians say? I think that's just what I say. Cause I try not to just, I don't know what people want to call their genitals. So I just say, bit. yeah, right. Yeah. Bits. That's good. So is that a thing that straight, that straight people do? You think you'd call do, it like say? you're down under or something. No? Okay. I'm just uh, I'm tossing that out there as an idea. Okay. <laughs> do, do you know what, mate? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like that's worse than anything that happens in this, in this economy. Movie. In this economy, how very dare you? The outrage that I am experiencing on this day. No, I think it's. Uh, no, I think. I think Mini Me actually is like um, uh, queer theory allows anything to happen, so it's fine. <laughs> Mini Me, particularly in Gold Member, is actually like the antithesis to Doctor Abel, and I think actually is like a representation of like what healthy masculinities can look like. I don't think he is healthy masculinity at all, but I think it is that point of like you know being emotionally aware, you know, have, you're understanding like rejection is bad, but what not, not wanting to get like unhealthy revenge necessarily. I think like being just sort of like yeah, I've got like I've got a big boo, package. Oh, do talk, yeah, but I'm not going to be sort of like gross about it necessarily either. And I'm trying to say this within the context of this film. In 2020, it would not fly. I'd still look at him and just be like, you're a dickhead. But in the context of this film, I think this is a very, very quick attempt to just be like, oh, I nearly said it. I nearly said not all men. But I think that... (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Wash it down. Guzzle, guzzle, guzzle. But I think what I'm trying to be able to say, yeah, Dr. Evil's fucked. Uh, Minimi's kind of fucked. But it's like on the path to like changing these things. So, yeah, Minimi's like some sort of representation of what Dr. Evil could be. <laughs> Minimi's like the best we get in this movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly yeah. it. Okay, here's what I think though, because you're a lot of the things that you just said, I think also just suddenly helped clarify in my mind why, even while watching this, because I'll be honest, watching this, and I just kept sitting there the whole time being like, why can't I put my finger on, like, and not just this movie, it's so many, because, you know, like I said, it's, it's so representative of that era of movies. What is it that's, like, so gay about them in a movie that's so not gay on the surface at all? And I think what it is, is the fact that it, it is all men who are obsessed male bodies and the appendages and functions of those bodies in a way that you're just like, is all you think about all day dicks? Like, because <laughs> I gotta tell you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Like, you know how we have things now where they're like, fellas, is it gay to, like, care how your wife feels? But it's like, what was the 2002 equivalent? Like, (laughs) fellas, is it gay to only think about a penis all day, every day, like, constantly on a loop in my head and wonder, like, what does other guys' penises look like as well? And, like, can you show me your penis and do you want to see my penis? (laughs) I gag over the fact that the question was, hey, fellas, is it gay to think about how your wife feels? (laughs) But, like, that's the kind of shit that you see now, right? With, like, people making fun of of all of these things. If that is not the crack in the dam of masculinity, I don't know what is. Like, that was gorgeous. (laughs) Okay, because it's not just their own phalluses or their own bits. It's, like, everyone else's. Like, it is, it is the satellite from, you know, Spy Who Shagged Me. It is the friggin' key to, like, you know, like, make this friggin', you know, Ray thing, whatever it is, happen. And it's just like, it, like it's all the dick jokes. It is so gay. The title of the film is a dick joke. Is a dick joke. <laughs> He's turning dicks to like gold, like literally saying, like, let's make penises even more like 
oh, we must revere them, right? <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just dicks because let's be honest, one of the running gags in the movie is that they keep calling it the preparation H, and it's a whole sequence of jokes about shoving things up your ass. Like, come <laughs> on, this is a gay movie. <laughs> Number two means poo. It was it was literally the first thing I wrote after the fucking se- after the musical sequences. I was like, number two means poo. That's it. You know how we like make little audiograms sometimes. I'm like, I'm literally just gonna clip that. That just says number two means poo. And you can just, like, see what people say. Did you know? Oh my god. Yes. Um, so I'm here for water sanitation and hygiene. Go for it. Love it. There's just so many. Yeah, like the 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 dirty. Also, I'm like I'm going to have to make this episode ex- explicit. The amount of times Lisa dick in like 2 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, because the number of times we've said fuck haven't been, like, you know, too terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, all my fine. fault. So sorry, kids. So sorry. And all the children listening right now, turn this off. <laughs> Maybe the conservatives I'm were right. Dead. Maybe we are well, bad for kids. I don't know. You know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, so let's, as we're on members... Let's talk about the title character. I admire your dedication to not saying it this entire episode, though. Ellie. I did say it, but only I'll cut it. I edit this episode, so <laughs> beep, uh, beep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's talk about Goldmember because oh my God. talk about being obsessed with other people's bodies. The amount of times he says. Oh, you've got a toy. I can't do the accent. Toy body. <laughs> it's going to be so he bad. He is toy, so like into every dude in this movie. Like, he cannot stop talking about their tight, tight bodies. It's a lot. He he thinks Austin's Austin's body's tight. Dad's, Nigel's tight. Dr. Evil's tight. Also, the sailors. Can we talk about the sailors? <laughs> The semen joke immediately as soon as they're in the submarine. Like, it is just, ugh. Yep. <laughs> there are so many fallacies within these fallacies. Yes. <laughs> fallacies within the fallacies. It's stunning. I love it. I'm Amazing so here for play. it. Thank you. Well, Thank also, you. like, the costumes that they are in. Those are village people sailors. Oh, God, yes. Those are gay pride sailors. It is full Eurovision. I mean, like, you've got a Dutch, an evil, like, you know, genius who is Dutch. Of course, you have Eurovision characters. Of course you do. They're all yep. backup dancers. Of course they are. They really are. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do a musical sequence in the submarine. Incredible. I know. Really missed opportunity here. Ah, oh, terrible. I mean, it's like, I mean, what I think so interesting, though, is it's like, I think it comes back to this question of just like, can dudes just compliment each other's bodies and not make and not be weird about it? No, <laughs> I, I think Goldmember exposes like such an uncomfortable thing. Is it's just so like, just compliment. You can like, someone doesn't have to accept the compliment. Like, there's consent, but there is this thing of just like, why are you so weird about it? Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. Well, Doctor Evil was like, it's a little creepy, man. I don't know why I'm trying to do their accents. I can't do any of them. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's not even that. It's not even just when they're, like, talking about each other's bodies. Because even, like, if we're going to talk about the semen, like, I don't know why the scene that's sticking with me is when they bring out Michael Caine and he's, like, beating up, you know, like, karate chop. And he's, like, karate chopping all the little sailors. And then that last sailor where he's, like... <laughs> you don't even have a name tag on. 
<laughs> you don't even have a name tag. And he's like, and he literally just like, like shames this dude into submission. Right. And he's like, he's like, yeah, that's a good boy. Why don't you just lie down? Like that's, I, I don't even remember if that's what he says, but that's like, I'm paraphrasing and that's what happens. And the dude is just like, oh yes, let me lie on the floor, please. And you're like, what just happened? Like what? It, it's not even like a, I'll put my gun down. I'll put my hands down. Like I'll put my hands up. It's not a, it's not a point of just like, yo, yeah, I'm in trouble. I'll just do that. It is full submissive bottom. Like it yep. is. He went back to fetal state. Is how bad that was. <laughs> Knees tucked to the chin. Like he is ready for a pounding. <laughs> like he is in that sub, lubed and ready. And I say, "Good on you, champ." I'm so here for that. I'm so here for this. <laughs> no name tag is really going to get it. Oh wow! Just go to a bathhouse. Six of one. You know, you do you. It's totally fine. This, this submarine is a bathhouse. It is such a bathhouse. Absolutely. <laughs> they have water. There's a little pool in the middle. There's so much, uh, there's so much plastic everywhere. <laughs> a lot of rubber as well. Like there's a lot going on here and good on them. I mean, it's coming back to Frail just really quickly. She, she's a full leather daddy as well. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of, like, kink play going on in this evil submarine. I love it. I'm so here for it. Oh, and all, like, the piss scenes as well. So wild. <laughs> like, there's, there's so, it's not even sexual innuendo. It is right there. It's there. <laughs> it's right in your it's face. It's really there. But can we just talk really about, just, just on Goldmember again, just ever so quickly, the scene where he is introduced in Club 69, which, nice, is also <laughs> just like the height of comedy. The height. <laughs> oh, 12 year old me is just like, ah, I don't understand it yet, but it's funny. Ha 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 ha. I yes. love numbers. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then, like, the stretching that he is doing on the floor, that is like, that. <laughs> To pull, what does he do? I think he like full on pulls both legs like both behind legs, yeah. his shoulders and just yep. holds them in place. I'm just like, good on you, champ. You get there. Yeah. Like what I really appreciate is there is like very little bottom shaming in this movie, which would be such a typical dude bro thing to bring up. None of it, given how obsessed they are with bits, there's just like very little shame around like butts, which yeah. I just find really comforting in a way, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> It's well, so- and exactly because for for a character like Goldmember is one hundred percent pitched as like a he uh, he's a he's a horn dog like that's what his character is right like that's what they make him be is it's just like all he can think about is sex all the time regardless of the gender of whoever he happens to be looking like it's like a, open your eyes you let's talk sex right like and and so what's funny is yeah when they show him doing those stretches and you're just like um what is the like cishet male sexual explanation for why a dude would need to be able to stretch like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you tell me, gold member, you tell me. I'm very dying flexible. to hear it. <laughs> also, just the flamboyance of that number. Like, gold member is so flamboyant. Just like, the gold, full-on gold, the roller skating, the, like, entourage. The silk just, robe? Oh, yeah. I froth. I love it. <laughs> It's so good. So true. It is very campy gay. So oh, campy. So gay. But also there's like no explanation as to why he's flexible. Like there's no. not, there is 
zero discussion there, except to like kick Beyonce in the forehead twice. Many times, yeah. Like that's it. <laughs> Just I don't. Also, what we we have no clue. I'm like, are they trying to insinuate that because he lost his member, he has like ridiculous flexibility now? Because there's like nothing there. But, I mean, but like, I'm like, that doesn't has nothing to do with your legs. <laughs> I I mean, like, like I tuck when I do drag and like, yeah, like you feel a bit more comfortable doing the splits because your bits aren't going to, you know, smack onto the Mm. floor. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to flirt with anyone. I'm just saying that that's what happens with me. (laughs) Everyone. Wait, I believe you can do the splits. I believe the only correct response to that is Jacob behave. Oh my God. Terrible. (laughs) Get out. But just... (laughs) Stay here. I love it. But it's like, <laughs> but it's, I mean, like, it's almost like, is the whole metaphor in gold member to just be like straight dudes just get fired with like sticking some stuff up your butt? Like, is that yes. it? Is that like, is that the whole movie of just so like yes. hemorrhoids exist, get a higher fiber diet. <laughs> if you don't, Wait, here's preparation H. My answer is yes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Answer is yes. Thank you very well. I'll, we were I'll, waiting I'll, for that. I'll call them now. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Alert the press. Yes. Alert the press. <laughs> Get the AP on Twitter. Don't worry about the election. We've called it. It's fine. <laughs> Just watch Gold Member. Um, so let's talk a little bit about really, I think the only person we, well, not the only one, but let's talk a little bit about Foxy Cleopatra. Just because Beyonce, that's it. Oh, like, Beyonce deserved of- so much more than this. So much more. But, but, well, I mean, like, it's this or Pink Panther, and I think this did better. So, <laughs> Yes. It's, like, also uh, Beyonce's acting career from Goldmember to Dreamgirls. Yeah. Goddess. I love Dreamgirls. I will actually, oh, my God, should have been gay Dreamgirls. Um, but we'll do that another time. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but also that scene where she's talking through Nathan Lane. I have so much critique about this. I'm so excited. All right, please, please tell me everything. I want to hear it. Okay. So like literally I had lunch before we did this podcast and I was downstairs eating a barn mate and it just clicked and I was like, I've solved it. I've fixed it. <laughs> this is what it is. Okay. So, I mean, like, one, like, so we can take, like, the you know, immediacy of it of just so, like, oh, she's talking through Nathan Lane. If none of you know who Nathan Lane is, like, mates, quick Google. Nathan Lane is genius. Yeah, go rent the birdcage, come back when you're done. Ooh, or was, was he also in Mouse Hunt or Mousetrap or whatever it was called? That terrible, I know, it was a gay yes. movie. Yeah, it's, like, it's a bad movie, but it's a great movie. Anyway, but Nathan Lane's brilliant. But then also I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is this is lip syncing. This is drag. And how funny that it's a cis white man lip syncing to the words of a woman of colour oh and getting God. praised by a straight white man for how talented that is. I gagged on it. I was like, is this RuPaul's Drag Race? Is this the Hall of Fame? <laughs> is, this, is this what it is? Like, I full on watched that and I was like, this is, like, there is no other way that you can look at this now. Like, I've just, I've made it up. This is it. (laughs) It's, yeah, it does not, it does not age well. No. (laughs) But it is pretty gay. Yeah, it's very gay. Absolutely. The gay kiss that is in that, like, I don't think I'd ever seen a gay kiss in a movie before. 
like I think this is actually my first, if I think about it, I think this is my first one. But then also that Beyonce, when she's like, like, I mean, there's a whole issue of consent and that really needs to be addressed in this. Nathan Lane's, you know, quick character, bad on consent. We really need to unpack that. Consent is queer. But then it's also like Beyonce's kind of just like surprised by it, but then smirks at the end. Yes. She's like, okay. I love it. Great. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But I wish that, well, I mean, obviously it's like the joke of it, but like it goes on for a pretty long time to the point where like Austin's definitely into it. And then he's like, oh, I forgot. This is a man. I shouldn't be. Oh, no. (laughs) And you're like, ah, why? (laughs) I would absolutely make out with Nathan Lane in a club. Absolutely. Right. I feel like they were, they had a lot of chemistry. I mean, they had more chemistry than Austin and Foxy had in person at any other point in the movie. Yes. Well, I mean, come on. I always get so, like, crazed on some of these films. It's Beyonce! Yeah. <laughs> and then it, he's, and it's like, oh, I'm so attracted to you, especially when he's playing Austin Powers. It's, like, not an attractive, like, character. Um, better no. or worse than when he's doing it as Fat Bastard. Oh, God. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about Fat Bastard except to just say, like, that, that... Happened. That happened. Which which character in this film do you think aged the least, or the least poorly, or the most poorly? Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, It is a toss-up for me between Fat Bastard or the combo Fook Me and Fook You. Yeah, yeah. Fat Bastard is just, like... I think it's neck and neck between those three. Bad. Yep. <laughs> like, can't watch. Fast-forwarded through the scenes. Oh, God, it is rough. It is rough. See, I still enjoyed them. Oh, no. No, no, no. See, I come from a really fat family, and so that was our way of, like, we. it was this weird thing of, like, we kind of used it as, like, it was oddly empowering and, like, a country town when that movie came out to just, like, not be seen. Like, you, you so it was this fucked thing of, like, you got seen as, like, powerful, in a way, it was like, it was a wild thing. It was a really, really weird thing. The character though, fucked, like bad. <laughs> here's, here's what killed, you know, you know what's funny? You know what I think broke me on this rewatch is, um, I think what broke me is the scene where Fat Bastard, and I am so sorry, everyone, uh, to make us all experience this again, but the scene where Fat Bastard is wafting his own farts to smell them and then describing <laughs> them in a variety of ways. And here's why that scene broke me, because this is one of those like classically filmed things where it's just like constant cut scenes of various takes of him doing this. Literally all I could think is like, you know how they film those is they're just like, go do like a bunch of takes, like just say different shit and say funny things and say what comes to mind. And we'll just like, you know, pick the best ones. And I'm like, how long did the crew have to sit and film take after take of Mike Myers in this fat suit talking about farts. That thought broke me. That's what that's what did it for me. <laughs> I've killed Jacob. I'm so sorry. I didn't even think of it that way. I just <laughs> that's I couldn't not because they kept cutting back. Right, they'd like cut to Austin and Foxy watching it, and then they'd cut back and I'm like, oh my God, it's another take, it's another thing. He's gonna compare it to something else. Now he's comparing it to people's cooking and, and 
crap. And now he's comparing it to this. And I was like, oh my God, this is, I know what this is. You always know what this scene is. I'm like, they just let him like be a comedian, you know? And I'm like, how, there must be at like an hour of footage somewhere of him doing takes of this. And I just want to die. (laughs) I mean, like Fat Bastard is like, is such the straight, is the straightest character, I think, in the entire movie. And it is so, like, it is the pinnacle of like, of like, dude fart jokes it is like poop it is poop it's like not wiping properly i mean like if that is not homophobic i don't know what is just like learn how to wipe your body hair it's the it's the look at my titties and you're like no sir no no don't call them titties (laughs) i don't want to do that Please don't do that. And this is the thing, it's like, I don't want to kink shame him, but I don't think it's a kink. I think he's just fucking gross. It's not a sexual thing for him. It's just, he's just, he's just gross. (laughs) That's it. And I tried so hard, so hard, like trying to analyze this. And I was just like, no, but like, you know, mm, he's just like a bear who's been rejected by the twinks. (laughs) Yes. You You know know what it is? mm. That's what it is. He has, and I mean, I would, we would not have known it in 2002, but he has strong incel energy about him that I do not like. I cannot do it. Absolutely he does. Yes. Oh. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Ruined. The fat bastard has been ruined if if he was not ruined before. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Jacob is literally putting on makeup right now. And I, I need to demask. I need to fem. I need to, I need to fem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm fat and I'm hairy and I don't want this. I want a fem. <laughs> yes. Okay, do we do we even have ships in this movie? Like, who would you ship? I don't... So, I am shipping... Actually, we haven't talked about this yet and this is my, this is my male ship. Is Austin and Basil... Oh, I, I can do that. I just feel like every movie, there's a new girl, but who's always there? Basil. So I think they're life partners. There's definitely some sort of thing going on between the two of them, but they have an open scenario where it's like, you know, Austin, do your thing, but I'm always here. So I ship them. Do we ship it? I'm going to say I ship uh, number two and Dr. Evil. I'm into it. I can vibe on that. Yeah, I've got I've got things to really think about after this recording. <laughs> I think so are a lot of people listening to this. <laughs> just Yeah, everyone's like, I didn't really anticipate being so No none of us knew what we were getting into. Let's yeah, be real. I, we I don't even think we knew what we were getting into, yeah. you know? <laughs> do you do you have a ship you wanna throw in the mix for us, Jacob? What do we got? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I think there's a I think there's a couple, but I think there's um uh, see, I think number two and Basil actually would oh. ship quite well together just because I think it's, um, I don't know what it is, but it's like villain scenarios with like the number two. There's it, Like it's happened in a couple of like games and stuff recently where you're just sort of like, you know, if they're not here and they're kind of, and they like actually like find like a loving, healthy relationship, then the entire operation would just be dead. So mm. maybe it's number two and Basil. And that's kind of it. I like it. Yeah, nice. I'm really here for that. They can understand each other. They get each other's jobs and their roles. They can be that support system. They're also like the two adults of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like they're True. actual daddies. Like I'm so yeah, here for yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, 
And like, daddies don't need kids. They just need each other. You know, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was very here for that. And then I think it's like, I, know, I want Scotty to end up with someone, but I don't know, mm. but I don't know who necessarily. One of the sharks? Maybe one of the semen. Can we ship Scotty with one of the semen? Oh, I reckon, yeah, it would, like, yeah, but I, yes, but I don't think it would just be one, the semen. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Scotty and all of the semen. Okay, so let's do our ship names real quick. Do we want to start with Austin and, and Basil for you? Ellie, Aust- what would your ship yeah, name be? Yeah, I guess it's Bastin, which sounds like um some sort of, like, Bastatracin. Mm. Bastin or Ozil. I also am going to go with their last names, and I'm going to toss out a power position. Ooh. I know. I forgot Basil's. I literally didn't know Basil's last name until today when I looked up the IMDb. (laughs) Basil Exposition. Basil Exposition. So I'm going to say, because I'm going to be going with that for some other ones, too. Nice. Um, So I'm going to say power position. And if I had to do um, number two in Dr. Evil, I would suggest two evil, but like with the number two. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's terrible i love it <laughs> i yes. love it jacob I mean, what about um they're only gonna get worse what about scott and the seamen i want to hear that one what do we what do we think for ship name there uh well i mean like because dr evil calls him scotty don't quite a bit so maybe it's just seamen do yeah yes. <laughs> scotty don't but seamen do <laughs> oh my god uh, okay, wait, well, in Dwell's head, you said you'd said ba- uh, Basil and number two, right? So I'm going to I'm gonna go with his last name again, and I'm going to say position two. Oh, I like nice. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. What about just two positions? Like, they're just very considered, like, you know, they don't want to waste time. They're just like, I, they, like, they, <laughs> they just remind me of, like, the gay couple who would, like, they do meal prep on Sundays. They are ready. They are regimented. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're just, they're just like, Sex is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and your birthday. Like, that's how this is going to work out. This is what they're, is. they're the couple who goes on, like, a picnic, and they have that, like, special picnic basket that comes with, like, the little snapped-in, like, mugs and stuff. And, like, a- a- they each have their own color-coded set of utensils that, like, have their own little places to they're that couple i get it i get what you mean but they're the ones who I also mean, go yeah. to like um is it palm beach that you have over there is that what it is where it's like where there's like like all circuit parties and stuff like they're the one i think like trixie and kachi talked about this but it's just like they would go there and just like be in harnesses and leather and do drugs yes. and just have sex and just be like we're still fun so yeah. we're, we're, yes. we're fun like how we're fun, fun we are. We're just going to clean up in the morning. Everything will be very neat again. Yeah, that would be Guys, thing. once you've been absolutely bred to filth, can you just leave your cups on the nightstand? I'll get them in the yes. morning. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who needs ammo? Can you put everything in the dishwasher so we need- yes. tonight? Guys, who needs- can everybody have a coaster? Let's <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> no, wrong wristband. No, you're in the bottom line. It's over there. <laughs> over there. No, we've worked it out. It's fun. Who's douching now? Just <laughs> is everyone okay? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone does anyone need some lanolin oh, after being in the cross? No. What does what does everyone need? What I need is somebody to make this movie for us, please. Please. 
I think um, it's just called a weekend after COVID, I think. <laughs> just, look, yes. yes. Oh, my God. Here's what I can tell you. My favorite thing sometimes with these, with the Should Have Been Gay episodes is I love when we pick a movie where after watching the movie, I'm just like, oh, what are we going to say about this? Like, I just don't even know. And then you sit down and we're like, okay, well, two hours later, I have a lot of thoughts still. I have so many feelings. <laughs> it's, we have, have to wrap it up, even say. though there's so much to talk about. Um, I think we... We can wrap it up by saying gold member should have been, been gay. Really should have. have it. It's time for our Q and gay. Are we ready? Q, 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 Q and, and, and gay. gay. Question number one. Which Austin Powers movie is the best? A, Man of Mystery, B, Spy Who Shagged Me, or C, Gold Member? Which is the one where Austin is using the woman as a shield and he says, <laughs> why won't you die? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that has to be Spy Who Shagged Me because I've seen that one so many times. It's, oh, it's the one, um, yeah, because they're on the road, right? <laughs> yes, it's definitely Spy Who Shagged Me. Prepare to yeah. die, powers. Why won't you die? <laughs> Spy Who Shagged Me is just my favorite. And also, like, we, we did not mention, but Elizabeth Hurley, like, honorable mention, for, like, also being the first Powers girl and literally never aging. Um, but, yes, Miss Kensington, chef's kiss. Question two. Speaking of, who is... <laughs> Everything's okay, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm bright red and I'm crying. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> I love that we didn't even get to my second page of notes. <laughs> like, just... oh god, we'll do a we'll do a follow up. We'll do a sequel. Look, if anything deserves more sequels, it's Austin Powers. There is one. There is one thing I do want to talk about, but we'll do it after the rapid fire. Keep going. Question okay. number two. Question two: Who is your biggest Powers girl crush? A. Miss Kensington. B. Felicity Shagwell. Or C. Foxy Cleopatra. Or D. All of the above. Oh, D. Yeah, D all of the above. Obviously. I mean, it's like I think all three of them bring something new. I think um, the first, I know this is meant to be rapid fire, but <laughs> just really quickly, can we just talk about how great like an actual conversation around like consent actually was in Spy Who Shagged Me? Like I know it does yes. the rounds. I know it's like quite shallow and everything because like the one good bit in the entire film, but like great, love that. You know, so here for that. It's a, it shows a sexualized woman wanting what she wants, and then a dude just being so like, this is the bare minimum. No, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Love that shit. When he's uh, massaging her back with the oils. Seen that movie too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, Felicity Shagwell's back is seared into my brain. I love that. I, I couldn't even remember, and I just said yes, <laughs> just to appease yeah, you. I'm pretty sure, that's, pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, there's a moment where he unhooks it. The two things fall down. It's just the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're so gay. I love this. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, so gay. All right. Question number three. Would you want to have your own mini-me? Yes or no? Uh, uh, yes. And why? Let's, let's see. We can dig into that. An hour later. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Oh, my God, don't. <laughs> JK, I've already done one. You can look it up on YouTube. Thanks so much. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I was waiting for that self-promo. 
got to promote yourself, boo. Uh, but I think it's like um, I would not want the the, the absolute – it's not even chaotic. I would say the manipulative, very imbalanced relationship that Minnie Me and Dr. Evil have. I would mm-hmm. rather be able to look at it and just be so like oh, – like I would see Minnie Me as like having a kid, you know? Yeah. That's what it would be. So I'm just like, yeah, look, I could get around having kids. That would be totally fine. Like love that shit. You know, they're good eggs. Why not? But I'd probably rather adopt, which is kind of where the hesitation comes in, where I'm just like, oh, there are so many mini-me's who just don't have mummies and daddies. Oh. So true. So true. So you'll get a, you'll get a mini. There you go. Whatever that mini is. I like 12 more cats. Six of one. <laughs> Either or. It's a toss-up. Question four. What part of the evil organization are you? A, Dr. Evil. B, Frau Farbissina. C, number two. Or D, Scotty. Mm, um, I think I want to say that I'm Frau, but I'm probably Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Also, or E, the semen. <laughs> well, I mean, hey. <laughs> I, I really, I would love to be Frau, but I think I'd probably just get too disappointed because I'm also a really fucking, like, a, a big Capricorn. So I'd probably just be like, we're not being efficient. I hate this. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I'll just demote myself. Yeah. <laughs> Question number five. If you had to choose, what would you want your bits to be? Uh, let's see. Well, how should I say this? What would you want your bits to be covered in? A, bronze. B, silver. C, gold. Or D, diamonds. I mean, let's just put it this way. Like, I think my bits have not been touched for such a long time that I can legally donate blood in Australia again. Like, that's, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> You know, <laughs> keep that in. But what if they were yes, diamonds? What about that? Well, I mean, I'd probably, I mean, this is just how self-sacrificing I am. I'd probably like get rid of my bits and sell the diamonds off and then just be mm-hmm. so like, cool, let's like work on like a nice, like healthy human rights initiative. Like I, that's what I would do. <laughs> be fine. Done. Wow. Love it. Amazing. Because I, I mean, I don't want to touch diamonds. <laughs> you know, just like also, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be a, be a bit painful, I believe. Yeah, I mean, like, again, there's, like, being ribbed for your pleasure and then there's diamond dick. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how difficult that can be. Oh, I mean, I was just saying this Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> my phallus oh <laughs> stuttered. <laughs> how many carrots are your bits? How many carrots? <laughs> Different carrots, gotcha. Yep, got it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, I see where we're at. Um, yeah. Wait, so before we finish, there was another thing you wanted to bring up. So, what's the thing we have to talk about before we wrap up? Okay, so it's in the credits. Now, I don't know if either of you watched the entire credit sequence, but I did. I didn't. Okay, so there is a cover of uh, What's It All About Alfie, which is What's It All About Austin, which I found mm. really interesting. Um, and because, you know, we love Dion Warwick, I believe was the yes. original singer. We love. But then, because I love watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as well, is that I think Tell Me I'm Okay Patrick from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is actually a spoof also of What's It All About Alfie. I'm fairly sure it's the same progression and the same tune. But Seth Green is in both. <gasps> oh, wow. Wild. 
You went deep into that uh, rabbit hole there. I may have been writing my notes and noting that Yentl was a reference by Goldmember and that John Travolta is also in this as Goldmember. So there we go. I literally yes. wrote what my last note, the last note I wrote was John Travolta as Goldmember. Gay. Gay. They Done. My, my last Gay. one was Austin Pussy, more like Austin Bussy. Uh. Oh my God. <laughs> And with that, thank you so much <laughs> for hanging out with us, Jacob. This has been amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I've had a great time. <laughs> and I'm so sorry to everyone who listens to this, but, you know, go oh, give these lovely no, humans no great apologies. subscriptions, give them great ratings. This. It's been yes. lovely. <laughs> um, where can people find you and what do you have coming up? Anything you want to let people know about? So uh, I'm probably most responsive on Instagram. Um, which I think is like such a gay thing to say if it's not your only fans. But uh, on Instagram, it is just Jacob James Thomas, or one word, Thomas with a H, um, or an H, however you want to pronounce it. What have I got coming up? Uh, I've got a book chapter coming out later this year, which is really, really exciting. So if you want to gift um, a very queer encyclopedia of human rights practice to friends this Christmas, then by all means, please do. I get zero of the proceedings, but I'm sure it'll be super interesting all the same. So, woo! <laughs> What's it called? Uh, so, it's called uh, Worldwide Perspectives on Lesbian, Gays, and Bisexuals. So, I wrote the first ever chapter on lesbian, gay, and bisexual young people all around the world um, and how they're coping and how, th- and how they're doing and how things are actually getting better or worse. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Jacob. This has been an absolute delight. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And this week, we want to shout out first listener Bryn, who reached out to us about Bly Manor. We're right there with you, Bryn. We have both watched it, um, which is big for me to be like that up to date on things. So we are both obsessed. Right? I'm proud of me too. Thanks. And we we will be figuring out how we want to do an episode about it at one point. Don't worry. If we can get any of the actors on, I will first of all die. (laughs) I will be the lady in the lake. Um, (laughs) But we'll see. We, We will talk about it because it's obviously... That gay she sleeps, she wakes, she talks about gay things. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. We're just, we're, you know, we're, we're working on it. It's on, don't worry. It's on our radar. We're not, uh, we're not going to miss out. Same thing with this next listener suggestion. Lauren reached out and said, we have to cover Stick It for Shoulda Been Gay. We agree with you, Lauren. <laughs> it's on our list. It has been on our list from the beginning. I feel like it's such a good one that we're just like, sitting with it we need to find the right time so we can really stick the landing Ooh, look <laughs> at that nailed it <laughs> but you're right it's so gay so we understand you as always we want to thank our lesbian jesus patrons mark foster jess klaus tanya ferguson danny griswold jacqueline rosashino sarah and julia carrie ann lawrence danny gunlock tamora Brittany ray alana rosen and tara gleason and our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Hendley, Liz Chen, Wendy K. Bartlett, and Evelyn Smith. Thank you so much, as always, and thank you to all of our patrons who help us make this podcast. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias at Let's Hang Out Pod. You can email us at Let's Hang Out Pod at gmail.com. 
or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to help support the podcast, there are so many ways that you can do that. The first one, it is easy and free, is to go on the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a rating and a review. It helps new people find the podcast, and we love reading the reviews. If you want to help support the podcast and become a part of our Patreon family, we would love to see you there at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have one of our infamous watch parties this upcoming week. It is going to be happening on December 19th. We will be watching The Happiest Season. (laughs) Get ready for it because we have to. (laughs) It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a great time. It will be my seventh time watching because I'm a professional lesbian, not because it's my favorite movie. But more on that in a future episode. Head over to <laughs> bit.ly slash lespatreon to come hang out with us for that watch party. We would love to see you there. If you want to pick up some merch, we have all of our designs up on our Tee Public, and you can get them on so many things like t-shirts or tank tops or sweatshirts or uh, mugs or I don't even know what, everything. And you can find them all at bit.ly slash lesshop. I love me a good Les Hangout mug for the holidays. I have so many Les Hangout mugs, to be honest. Like, everyone in my family has one. <laughs> and if you want to find us individually on social media, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.